weren't doing the stats like they do the stats now, but that's the estimate. Um, and of course, just after a, a, a world war as well. But in this small town on the easterly coast of Great Britain, over a period of a year or so, literally thousands of people came to faith in Jesus Christ. It was a real sovereign move of God. There were some anointed evangelists, one from Ballam Baptist Church that went up, one from a, from a, a working-class background in the northeast coastlands of Scotland because lots of Scots came down for the herring season to fish off the Anglian, uh, East Anglian coast. But it was also birthed in and fueled by prayer, by the church coming together in prayer. Prayer had gone on beforehand. Just before that season, prayer meetings were happening at ever-increasing intensity and in numbers. And then through that period, uh, almost every afternoon, there were hundreds gathered in prayer from all the different churches of that region. I've enjoyed, I didn't know much about, if anything, about that. And it's interesting that 100 years on, and I don't think as England, we've, we've seen a revival on that scale. I may be wrong, but I don't think we have. And we've just followed a global pandemic. God can move mountains. Amen? Amen. And I believe this morning that God wants to speak to us all about praying together. And I'm going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to 11. So if you have a Bible, feel free to look it up. It will come behind me as well. And you may be forgiven for thinking, oh, Tim, really? At the beginning of the post-lockdown church, the beginning of a new academic cycle with all the other new beginnings that have been referred to this morning, really, that old chestnut? Praying together, corporate, really? Could you not think of anything a little bit more envisioning than that? Well, I do feel that in this somehow, God has something uh, to, to say to us. Uh, the sharp amongst you would realize we've got a week of prayer coming up. Oh, that's the reason, really, he's speaking about prayer. Maybe it is, but I do still feel that God has laid this passage on my heart for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 8, it says this, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. And then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you for your word that you provided for us. And I pray now, would you inspire us? Would you teach us? Would you show us things that will do us good and help us, Lord, to obey you, to respond well to you with our faith and our motivations and our understanding and our, and our actions, our behaviors, our life 
be different as a result of this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Um, by the way, if you're, if you're under 10 today and you're here with us, it's great to have you. Really great. You, you, you're free, if you'd like, to, to write things down, to, to colour things in, to, to draw what I might be talking about or anything else that comes to mind if you want to. And uh, if there's a little bit of noise, that's absolutely fine. I know this room is a little bit unforgiving for noise. The acoustics are such that it kind of echoes, but no, it is fine. And, uh, and you'll know when you want to kind of take them out, feel free if that's helpful. So uh, let's look at this passage. I've, I've really been gripped by the final phrase of this passage, the prayers of many. And in summary, I believe what God wants to highlight to, today to us is just how massive an impact it has for everybody at a prayer meeting. Every person who prays together has a significant and large, we may not even fully understand quite how large, an impact on the effectiveness of those prayers. So stay with me, that's where we're going. If you get nothing else, remember that. Uh, but I want to look through this passage line by line. There's not many lines, don't get too panicky. Uh, it starts in verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. I've taken some comfort from this verse. Firstly, uh, because we now know that Paul, who was writing this letter, and, you know, by all accounts, was a pretty good Christian, he experienced troubles. Troubles are normal for Christians. Troubles are Christianity in, in normal times. And uh, maybe we can all relate to this at this moment in time. Let's make this a little bit more COVID relevant, shall we? I imagine that many, if not all of us, have been going through some pressures over the last 18 months or so. Different in variety and scale. Maybe some of them are due to the virus. Maybe some are due to the restrictions. Maybe just other life stuff. Because it does. has happened over the last... 18 months. It's normal for troubles to come our way, even as believers, and it doesn't necessarily mean we've done anything wrong. Secondly, I take some comfort from this passage because Paul clearly wants others to know the troubles he's been through. He's not keeping them private or locked away. He, I'm a relatively private guy. I'm a more of an introvert. But I can resonate with something of Paul's sentiment here. There's something in me, having been bereft of your company on a regular basis for the last 18 months, something in me that wants you to know some of the pressures I and we as a family have gone through. Not because it's a competition, because <laughs> we'd lose probably, because they're not that great. But we haven't had those opportunities, have we, necessarily, to share all of our journey, our life journey with one another as we might have been used to. For us, if you're interested, just the headlines, uh, some of the things we've, we've had to deal with as a household are slightly reduced income over the last 18 months. Job needs uh, for numbers of us in the household. We, we've uh, suddenly had a, a daughter who, who left home for the first time under these conditions. We've, we've had a mother who suddenly could no longer look after herself in her own home over these last 18 months, was desperate to live with one or other of her daughters. We, we've had a sister who has been diagnosed with secondary level cancer who's on a third round of chemotherapy. 
We, like you, we've had some pressures. And we know this old adage, and it's it's not in the Bible, but it's got some proverbial truth, that, that a problem shared is a problem halved. And maybe that in part was Paul's Paul's motivation. I want to tell you about some of these pressures because it's it shared around a little bit. And we've been bereft of some of that, as I say. But I think Paul's primary motivation here about sharing the things he's gone through is, is so that others can pray for him. He, he wants others to pray. We'll see this as we get through. If you can remember the ending of this passage, we'll get to it eventually. That, that I think, is Paul's primary aim in sharing where he's at, what's been going through, because he knows that a problem prayed is a problem halved, or maybe even solved, maybe dissolved, maybe uh, see an end to it. I, I remember, possibly the late teen, early 20, that my, my mum, who was a working single mum of four at the time, uh, she regularly met...